The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As we constantly move forward, there is a continuing and urgent need for higher education. It's necessary for tomorrow's future and for a dynamically changing workforce. As the need for education is changing, so is education itself. Welcome to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education with your host, Dave Goldberg. In this program, we'll discuss the complex changes that are being made to higher education today, and we'll help you stay ahead of tomorrow. If you're a student, educator, or in the workforce. Now, here's Dave Goldberg. Good day and welcome to Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education. My name is Dave Goldberg and I'm your show host. And Big Beacon is a movement to transform higher education, bigbeacon.org. And in every episode, we explore some of the innovators and innovations that are changing the world of higher education all around us. Um, Today, we're joined by uh, Eddie Evans, and, uh, uh, and we're going to talk about the making of a uh, documentary to transform higher education called uh, Let Me Do It. Eddie, welcome to the show. Thanks, David, and uh, thanks for having me on the show. It's a real, a real pleasure to be with you, and uh, you know, I've been in contact with you for the last couple of years as we've developed our new engineering school here in, in uh, Toronto, the LaSalle School of Engineering. And it's always, uh, I always enjoy the opportunity to, to talk with you about uh, what's changing in, in educa- engineering education. And, and me too. And actually, it's interesting that our, our meeting is actually directly tied to this documentary because uh, I met, met the director of the documentary in the making of it uh, back in 2013. And then that led to us getting in direct contact in, in 2014. And, and uh, I've enjoyed our, our conversations as well. And, and what I'd add, actually, is that when we first created the engineering school uh, here at Lassonde, we um, some of the papers that you wrote, David, and some of the um, the contributions you made to the debate, they certainly influenced us, you know, from the outset. So it's always great to uh, to connect with you on a regular basis to see how your thinking is evolving, and hopefully we can contribute to that as well. Well, and, and I'm looking forward to that continuing conversation, and, and I know that uh, the things that you've already done at Lassonde have, have helped, me, uh, helped me evolve and, and change my thinking. So why don't we just uh, jump into it, and um, you know, listeners can read more about your background uh, at the Voice America program page, but um, your, uh, your formal title is your external relations director at the Lausanne School of, of Engineering, but what uh, one, two, or three things should our listeners know about you before we get started and talk about the documentary? Well, the first thing I'd say is that I'm not an engineer. I'm not an engineer, and I'm not a computer scientist. Um, we, uh, I, you know, this is actually the first time that I've uh, worked in higher education since I left university myself. So um, I'm coming to this from hopefully a, a different perspective. 
Um, I'm actually, my background is in public relations and uh, communications and government relations. So really my focus has been working with organizations to help them develop their messages, to help them communicate their story. And that's exactly what I'm doing here at the LaSalle School of Engineering. We were uh, first established uh, in 2012, and I've been there almost uh, from the beginning. And it's, I've really been working on, as we've created the school, how do we uh, contribute to the debate that's happening around edu- engineering education, but how can we also you know, tell our story about what we're trying to do and you know, our take on how we want to change things. Yeah, and if I remember your biography right, your um, some some of your early work, you were involved in uh, communications in the political sphere, isn't that right? Uh, that is right. I'm I'm actually a political scientist uh, uh, by by training uh, from university, um, and you know, politics has always been certainly been my passion. But what I I've tried to do with my career is apply some of the lessons that you can learn from politics, uh, uh, you know, to to all walks of life. Um, you know, you, you see politicians out there putting across their messages, um, often in compelling ways, perhaps sometimes not so much, but there's, there's certainly a lot that um, other organizations can learn about how to communicate your message and how hopefully to, uh, you know, to, to galvanize action and to bring about change. So I think there's actually a lot of um, politics doesn't always have a great name uh, for, for the right reason, for understandable reasons, but I also think there's a lot you can learn from it in terms of how you communicate what you're trying to do. And so, again, that's what, that's what we're trying to do here at Lassonde is to really get our message out there to, to people that are interested. Well, and if, if I remember my time right on, on various faculties, Alabama, Illinois, and so forth, uh, uh, there was there was politics involved in all of that, maybe at a smaller scale with uh, with lesser lesser impact. But uh, it, it, your background in politics is probably helpful in your your current position. Uh, you know, it, it it can help occasionally. What one might suggest in universities, of course, that like in any organization, yes. there is always um, different points of view and. You know, agreement and disagreement on on various things. But I think what you know, I think certainly um, being able to navigate that and to help uh, you know to to really uh, to to guide the school through some of those challenges. Uh, you know, I've certainly learned a lot from my my previous experience in politics for sure. Yeah. And on this program, we're particularly interested in uh, what in the book, A Whole New Engineer, we call unleashing experiences and that education needs to have more unleashing of young people to the possibilities in their lives. So are there particular experience or experiences in your past that have allowed you uh, sort of unleashed you to the career path that you're now on? Well, as I said, you know, higher education was not where I expected to be or where I intended to be in terms of how my career would work out. But as is, you know, as is often the case, it was uh, something of an accident that I ended up here. But what's, I think, really um, driving what I'm doing here um, is about the student experience. And that is something that is, you know, foremost in our minds here at the LaSalle School of Engineering. From the outset, we've tried to design 
our school, both in terms of the physical surroundings, but I think more importantly in terms of the student experience around the user, around the particularly undergraduate but also graduate students, and to really uh, put the focus upon them. And I think what I've... Um, what I try and draw upon when I do this is my, my own university experience, which was, as I say, I was a politics and philosophy major. But, I, you know, I was very fortunate, you know, as you might tell from my accent, I, I grew up in, uh, in England, uh, just outside London. And I, I, you know, I was fortunate to go to an elite university, to, to Oxford University in England. And what that experience taught me, I think, is that, you know, there is a lot you can do beyond the academic side of things. You know, obviously you can do a lot to make the academic experience um, as fulfilling and as challenging as it can be. But I think the what you learn sometimes from older universities, uh, which is sometimes, I think, underestimated, is the extent to which you know, community and a supportive environment and a somewhat, you know, egalitarian environment where professors, where students all feel part of the same academic community. And I think that's what you, you have um, uh, at an Oxford college and, and in many other sort of older universities. Um, and I think that's what we're actually learning from, from that. In, and myself and our dean have actually been to visit Oxford and other places to, to learn from it. But I think the idea is really around creating a, an experience for young people that, of course, is about academic success and achieving their ambitions, but also hopefully to, to learn more about themselves and to give them the confidence to, you know, to, to, uh, to try out new things and to, to work with people they wouldn't expect to work with, um, to ignore the sort of artificial divides between engineering, computer science, or even between engineering and, and political science. There's always a lot of crossover, and I think that that can sometimes be underestimated. And I think so what I've tried to do is draw upon those experiences from my own uh, education to really inform what, what I'm doing now and hopefully contribute to what the school's doing. And. And it's interesting you call out the community of of the colleges at, at Oxford as an as an important experience and 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 that kind of egalitarian relationship between um, uh, students and faculty um, being kind of in the uh, in members of the the college like that. But was there a particular uh, faculty member or faculty members or um, um, that that were helpful in kind of um, use the same word, un un unleash or, or open the possibilities in your life? Well, there was. And I, I think that um, what I learned from those professors was that they weren't just academics, that they were human beings as well. And I think that that is, you know, the, the way that the tutorial system works in Oxford. And I, I don't want to dwell too much on one particular university. It happens to be my alma mater, and I know that there's lots of... Um, you know, it's not the perfect model. There's lots of uh, challenges there as well. Um, but, but at the same time, there are aspects of it you can learn from. And, and I certainly had experiences with tutors and, and with professors um, whereby they would go the extra mile in terms of not only giving me that, that teaching experience, you know, learning new things, 
but helping to build your confidence and helping to make you feel that you are not just another student, but you're part of a community. And that's why, you know, when I took a look at how higher education is for for many people, particularly nowadays, it is more of a, a sort of transactional situation whereby people, you know, they go to lectures or they go to classes for four years and they get a degree at the end of it, which yes. is great. And that, that, you know, of course, people want a degree to get their, the career that they want. But at the same time, I think there's, there's much more to a university experience than simply that. And I think that that's what some of these although we like to sometimes dismiss these older universities as, you know, stale or traditional, but there's actually a lot you can learn from them in terms of how they've built community over the years, how they've created um, relationships between people. So, again, I think there's uh, certainly things that I've drawn upon there. No, and and, uh, my... uh I've spent some when when I left the university in 2010. I spent some time in Singapore, and one of the things that's interesting is the model that they've turned to in creating their 21st century uh, education is is very much like the Cambridge, Oxford, uh, Yale kind of uh, model that has that kind of community experience built in, and and uh, so the the the. U-Town, the new U-Town campus at NUS is, is, is explicitly modeled after that. And so people are going back to the future to try to, try to get the, get that community and, and, uh, seeing how it plays out, uh, in different, different contexts. Uh, we're, we're, uh, fortunate that, uh, we've been joined, uh, by the de- director of, um, uh, Let Me Do It, the documentary that we want to explore, um, uh, and uh, Ryan Vargas just joined us. And uh, Ryan, uh, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, uh, David. Good afternoon, Eddie. Thanks for having me. I, I, my apologies for the delay. I had a little bit of a technical error on my end. Often, whenever you need something to work, it seems not to, to function correctly. So, yeah, technology. My apologies, but I'm happy to be here. No worries, and uh, can't live with it or without it. So, thanks for joining us. And we were just—I was just talking with Eddie. Um, you know, what's a, a thing or two that uh, people can read about your background on the? on the uh, voiceamerica.com um, uh, program page, but uh, what, uh, what's a thing or two that they ought to know about you before we jump into this topic? Well, they should know a little bit about my background. Um, I have a background in, in interaction design, so I've worked hands-on with technology, and I've had a chance to uh, explore that a little bit more and to the philosophy of uh, environment and the way that technology and society are connected. And... Uh, I think that background gave me quite an interesting perspective on the question that we try to explore in the film, Let Me Do It. Great. And and uh, I guess yeah, the other thing we're interested in the show is uh, it, we're interested in, unle- well, we're interested in lots of things on the show, but we're interested in this notion of unleashing. Or, and so kind of being an independent uh, documentary maker isn't, isn't a, necessarily a traditional career path. So what... Uh, one or two things in your your past sort of unleashed you to uh, uh, do what you now do? Uh, that's a great question. Uh, when I was uh, studying my, my master's degree, um, I, had a, I had a great program actually um, at York University uh, that really enabled students to take control of their, uh, their own degree. Um, and I was given the opportunity to unleash my creative um, my creative uh, 
part of me, a little, little bit nervous here. Um, my creative side, my creative mind. Yeah. Um, and use of some of my uh, artistic capabilities to ex- to explore uh, the issues that I was studying, namely um, the, the 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 namely maker culture. Sure. And looking at how uh, young people now, with access to 3D printing and uh, and um, access to 3D printing and um, st- uh, uh, pardon me, gentlemen. Here, I'm uh, extremely nervous. Yeah, no, and, um, and don't, honest, so anyway, yeah, so we, yeah, like we've this. had great conversations. So just uh, we're just having a conversation among among friend, friends here, Ryan. So and and I remember some of our conversations. Uh, you know, we met uh, during the making of the documentary. But so so the notion of making and and so you've been able um, you've been able to do that in in your work so as a, as a videographer so and director. <laughs> Thanks for that. Yeah. Well, I was able to use, to actually start to use uh, film and documentary as a way to explore some of those ideas rather than just writing an essay and submitting that as a final thesis. So I was given, so I, I had that ability um, where my, my desire and my interest and everything that I was passionate about, I was able to bring that into my area of study. And not only did that allow me to really come to, like, you know, to learn a lot, um, it created the foundation upon which my um, kind of burgeoning career as a filmmaker yeah. um, now sits upon. Yeah, beautiful, so, and that's a beautiful story. I mean, so it's a, which is exactly what the show is all about. We want people to have educations that unleash them to what they do in their lives, and so yours is a nice, nice example of that. So let's, and, and we've got a, about a minute or two before the first break, but I want to jump in and, and talk a li- um, talk a little bit about. Um, how this, uh, you know, how the idea for this get start, got started. So let's go back to you, Eddie. You, you sort of were the, you're the executive producer of this. How did, what was the basic conception or how was this project conceived? How did this thing get going? Well, um, I, you know, I, I've used that sort of grand title, but uh, really it's, it's, it's been a collaborative project from the very beginning. And even in the initial conversations that myself uh, and my colleague, Sean Billingsley, who is actually our director of, of design and recruitment here, um, he and I were working on some ideas around how does one contribute to the debate that's going on. We know that we're not the only school in, uh, in Canada and not the only school in North America that's really seeking to change engineering education. Um, and we don't, we don't think for a minute that, that we are. We know that there's lots of things going on uh, throughout the world in many different schools about what's, what should change, what needs to change, and lots of different takes on that. Yep. And so we were keen to sort of bring that together. And rather than do just, you know, another white paper or another conference, you know, which are a bit predictable, we yep. wanted to see what's a different way of doing this. You know, what, what's a, an alternative way? And, and documentary film, particularly nowadays, I think, uh, with the advent of Netflix and other platforms, has really become 
sort of a very effective way of communicating ideas and of starting conversations. And so it was really by accident, just to finish here, that it came about in a conversation with myself, with Sean Billingsley and with Ryan. And we were talking about maybe doing some video projects together. You know, we'd seen the work that Ryan had done in uh, sort of profiling the maker culture in Toronto. And, you know, it was just in, you know, none of us can actually point, pinpoint the moment where it actually came about. It was sort of one of these serendipitous moments. And uh, it was really just this idea that we wanted to do something uh, around this topic. And then we had a documentary filmmaker in front of us. And so the two things, things came together. So we thought we'd give the project to Ryan and let him roll, roll with it. Beautiful. And I think about uh, and, and I want to follow up on that, but we're going to take a little break now. But I want to come back to that, and I want to talk a little bit after we come back from break. I want to talk a little bit about well, what is what's the documentary about? What's the storyline and things like that? And then kind of dig in a little bit into some of the the lessons and the aspira- the lessons from and the aspirations uh, uh, for the. Uh, for the film. So this is Big Beacon Radio with our special guests, Eddie Evans and Ryan Varga, uh, talking about the new documentary to be released this Thursday called Let Me Do It. And uh, after the break, we'll come back and talk about it some more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of 3Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645. Contact him at deg at 3joy.com or browse the 3Joy website, www.3joy.com today. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call one 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back to Big Beacon Radio with your host, Dave Goldberg, and our guests, Eddie Evans and Ryan Varga. We're here uh, talking about the, the, the brand new uh, documentary that will be. Uh, uh, premiered in Toronto on Thursday, October 8th. And there's a website, uh, letmedoitmovie.com, if you're interested in finding out more about that uh, premiere. And um, essentially, we've got the uh, executive producer and the director with us. So I want to follow up on what we talked about in the first segment. Um, uh, 
we heard a little bit how you know Ryan, you you sort of just transit you transitioned from school into doing um, doing this project. When you started the project, um, uh, what kind what kinds of instructions, constraints, uh, success criteria? You know, how was the project defined for you? What were you sort of allowed to do and not allowed to do when you when you started the project? Well, I mean, one thing working with Eddie and Sean was fantastic. They gave me all the support that I needed to explore this question. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things, one of the main constraints that we all agreed upon is that we didn't want to do the typical sort of engineering duck, engineering film thing where we focused on a lot of, you know, high tech gadgetry and all the technology. We wanted to tell a story about the the human beings that actually are these engineers that we you know, that, that we call them and um that was my and basically that was my constraint my constraint was to do a film uh, create a film about engineering that's about people not necessarily about technology first nice and so um Eddie, do you have any do you want to add to that you, you were it was a collaborative effort anything else that you'd like to say about that yeah, very much so. And, and from the outset, it was a collaboration. But what I would say is that we really wanted to give Ryan, uh, which I hope we did, we gave him the freedom um, to go out and talk to whoever he wanted to talk to, to, for them to say whatever they wanted to say, and for him to then pull it together into a documentary that, you know, was his documentary. This was never supposed to be uh, never about the Lausanne School of Engineering. It's, always, it's really about finding out what people are saying out there, and not, and this not being a prescription uh, for the future, it's simply being a conversation starter. And so to raise some of these issues and really encourage others to start talking about it more. Nice. And that, that was my sense of it. You know, Ryan, you and I met in 2013 when you, I think it was in June or something like that, when you, you were in the middle of... Uh, thinking about shooting i don't think you were shooting that early but uh, but um uh and so i remember you're saying things along that same line that it wasn't it wasn't particularly constrained and and uh so what um without and i don't want to spoil the screening for uh, people who are listening who are going to be at the screening but what's the what can you say about the basic storyline what's the what's the basic narrative that you ended up telling ryan so i think the the narrative starts by, again, so we wanted to start by trying to set up a little bit about the challenges that face engineering education, um, some of the cultural uh, things that are embedded into engineering education that are often kind of just, um, you know, kept, kept down below and are talked about and are discussed, but yes. that a lot of engineering students, a lot of the engineering students that I connected with um, really felt Yes. And um, we go from there, and then we exp- we we are basically introduced to um, various um, students that are in in um, kind of early on in their engineering education, or you know later in their in, in their education. We meet with um, engineers who have started their own successful businesses. We meet with, uh, and we also travel to different schools, um, different institution institutions that are really. Um, kind of playing key roles and setting the standard for this new approach to engineering education. And then we end up with, um, again, we don't really come to a final answer. We leave it a little bit open-ended and simply wanted to leave people with um, 
something that they could discuss amongst themselves and and really start a conversation as uh, as Eddie mentioned. And Eddie, you've you've seen the film, so um, any other? What else would you like to add to that kind of storyline description? Well, I, I, all I would add, building on what Ryan said, is that we've really, you know, he's managed to talk to some, you know, exceptional people from all around the world, from Stanford in California um, to MIT uh, to uh, people in London and at Cambridge University. So there's a real broad spectrum of people. It isn't just one institution or one particular group. There's lots of different views there. But I think what surprised me most was the extent to which there is so much uh, agreement that something does need to change. Mm-hmm. And there's actually quite a lot of agreement on what that change needs to be, uh, you know, in terms of a move towards more hands-on learning and less lecture-based learning. But not always um, the challenge, I think the biggest challenge that, you know, really comes out in the documentary is, you know, how to do that. That's always the most difficult thing. is isn't just recognizing there's something that needs to change. It's how do you go about changing that. And I think that's really where we want this film to, to be, is, is to, say, to diagnose the problem, talk about some of the solutions, and then it's up to us and up to others who see it to come up with the, you know, how to actually make, make that change. Yeah, that's a really interesting point and one that uh, has, you know, in... in, in in our own work and in trying to do higher ed transformation seems to me, you know, so everyone's got a a list of what they would like the new classroom to be or the new, new content curriculum and pedagogy to be, but the, how do we get there? The whole, the whole process question of how do you change these cultures that are in many cases, ancient going back almost to the, you know, the 1088 and the founding of universities, you've got these ancient cultures that have many hidden assumptions that are very deeply embedded we don't even think about them we think of them as the truth and so how do we how do we change um this this very old and ancient and ingrained grain system seems to be you know some books you know will have you know they'll spend uh, 150 and 200 pages on the what and and spend about 10 pages on how leaving it as an exercise to the the reader uh you know ryan so in making this film um was there something that surprised you? What surprised you about in, in the making of the film? Well, the one thing that surprised me the most was the willingness and um, the kind of sincerity of the of the of the conversation of, of the of the people that I connected with, and everybody was really excited to engage with me and and talk about all these things with me that they were really passionate about, and that is kind of contradict a little bit contradicts this notion that all engineers are all kind of introverted and they don't know how to talk to people and they lack communication skills. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's certainly ways to improve that within the curriculum, but a lot of the people that I, that I met with, especially the students were great communicators and um, it was my ability to, to really connect with them on a very personal level with only a little bit of equipment and make things as natural as possible um, that I was able to get these kind of really natural responses nice. um, out of people. And I think that was the thing that surprised me the most is the, is how great everybody uh, was and then how receptive they were to the, to the concept of the film. Eddie, in, in, in helping finish and watch the film, what, what was sort of, what was uh, most surprising to you? Well, I think really to, to reiterate that, 
Uh, Ryan was talking to people at lots of different institutions. I mean, here at the LaSalle School of Engineering in Toronto, we're, we're a brand new school, and yep. it gives us a lot of freedom to try new things and to think a little bit differently. When you, you, know, when you start a school from a blank sheet of paper, you've, you've got a lot of leeway. Um, but what you saw is that even at established institutions, you know, world-class, world-leading uni- universities like Stanford, like Cambridge, like MIT, like University of Illinois, the, you know, there are people there that really want to change things too. This isn't just sort of, uh, you know, a small group of, uh, of people in one particular institution. Um, it really is something that, that um, you know, the, the desire for change is, is, is there in big, you know, more traditional institutions just as it is in, in the, newer, the newer ones. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so I'm hearing. Yeah, and that dovetails with what you were what you were saying before. I guess I'm curious what else. You know, and we're going to talk here in a minute about what 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 some of the the big lessons and learning from the movie and aspirations for it. What do you what do you want to have come from it? But what else? You know, before we move on, what else should our listeners know um, about the about the making of it? Brian, let's start with you. Yeah, I think one thing that. Um, one thing that's interesting is that I had a lot of creative control, as Eddie mentioned, to kind of take the story where I wanted to take it. And I also, um, in addition to directing it, I was the person who shot everything, and I was also uh, the person who edited everything together. So it was um, a real kind of, it was a real challenge, and it speaks to a lot of the faith and the trust that Eddie and Sean gave to me to to really... Um, to really make this into a, into a personal project that they would just support me uh, to make. And, and then that kind of came together in the end with, of course, some composers and sound designers. But um, sure. yeah, it was, a, it was a, a real endeavor for myself to pull this off. And it, I wouldn't have been able to do it without the support of Lausanne. Yeah, and there are credits for those other folks at LetMeDoItMovie.com. But uh, and and Eddie, uh, what you know? What uh, before we move on and talk about some of the lessons? What else should should people know about the the making? Well, I think what I'd say is that this we never knew what how this project would turn out. This is a, a big risk. Um, you know, we we didn't know what what film Ryan would produce. Um, so it, it, it's really, it's, it's a film that is, although we were part of the process and part of the production, it's really a film that um, where there's, you know, where Ryan really went and found the answers himself. And yeah. it's hopefully, I think um, what you'll also notice in the movie is how much there's a lot of emotion there when people talk about the challenges. But I think there's a lot of good humor and there's a lot of uh, a sense of fun about, you know, changing things is difficult. Changing education is difficult. Yeah. But I think if you do it for the right reasons, it can be enjoyable too. And I think that's what, what comes across from the, when you look into the eyes of the people that are talking about these issues. They really have a passion for what they do. And I think that comes across. Yes, and and and, and this, you know, these emotional variables that you're talking about seem to be seem to be critical in going forward. I, this whole notion that school is this um, this obstacle that's placed in front of us that should be sort of joyless and and uh, 
uh, and not that all examples are like that, but there's a sense of kind of obedience-based education that we've had for a long time. And we're, you know, how do we shift that to um, the student-centered or more courage-based kind of um, model of education that seems central and, and all the all the important variables are uh, or at least most of the important variables are deeply emotional, and that's that's a really tough thing for academics to talk about. We're supposed to be objective, and uh, everything's supposed to be n- nice and tidy. And of course, human learning is like everything else human, not not all that tidy. So, okay, so all right, the the movie's been made. It's going to be screened on Thursday. Um, um, and as we and and uh, and, and again uh, and Lasonda is to be commended for not making um, a, a puff piece. And we've got about three minutes till we take a break. But let's get started on this. Um, what do we think we've learned in um, from from watching watching the film now? It's made now. What what do we think are some of the big lessons from it or the learnings from it? Uh, Eddie, Eddie, why don't wanna, we start with you? you. Want to start? Yeah, I'll, I'll get started. And, you know, obviously with Ryan was, uh, was the driving force behind this, but I, and was, in, you know, there for many of the interviews and, uh, has seen all the outtakes and all the footage, um, that, that there is. But I think the, the lesson that we can learn is that there is, there are problems. There, you know, the, the, the status quo, I think there's, there's quite a, a lot of agreement that it, it does need to change. And that we can't simply accept that this is how engineering education is, and this is how it should stay. We there are there are there's clearly you know quite widespread agreement on the fact that there does need to be change. Um, and, and there's some really great examples out there, which I think come out in the movie about how th- people are changing things, not always taking the easy route. They don't always get permission first before they do it, but they're really out there trying new things, taking risks. Um, and I think that what we've got to you know, learn from this is that that should be encouraged and that it's not simply about here's a prescription that is a, a catch-all solution that we should impose on every single engineering education uh, situation, whether it's a school or whether it's, you know, earlier on in life, that we really should give people a little bit more freedom to experiment and to try new things. And that is how you bring about innovation, both in engineering education, but in all walks of life. So I think it's, it's really about celebrating those stories where people have really tried new things. We've got about a minute left, and so Ryan uh, and we're going to explore some of. The, we're gonna, going to explore this topic after the break, and uh, but maybe one thing be uh, that that you learned uh, in in making the film that that you'd like to share quickly. Well, the I mean, the one thing that kind of to follow up with um, with what Eddie was saying is, I mean, the one thing that I learned to make all this possible is you need students and you need teachers to really trust each other. And you need um, these kind of people that have been placed in this this role as an expert to be able to to meet on a common ground with someone who is you know temporarily a student while they're in that in those um, in those four walls of the classroom. And it's when you take that you know of course when you take those risks for something innovative to happen there there is trust that goes along there. And I think you know far too often um, there's a kind of almost a rivalry between 
um, those two those two groups, the faculty on one side and the teachers, and then the students on the other. Nice. So. Yeah, yeah, let's and let's and let's. I want to dig into that. The beautiful endings, uh, fr- you know, the sort of freedom and and uh, trust as being central. So uh, this is Big Beacon Radio with our our guests uh, Eddie Evans and Ryan Varga uh, talking about the uh, new documentary "Let Me Do it, Do It" that will premiere on Thursday in uh, Toronto. And in the next segment, we want to continue this discussion and also talk about the role of story and narrative in transforming higher education. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of Three Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645. Contact him at deg at 3joy.com or browse the 3joy website, www.3joy.com today. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Big Beacon Radio with your host, Dave Goldberg. Uh, We urge you to get a copy of the book that is Transforming Higher Education, A Whole New Engineer, The Coming Revolution in Engineering Education at www.wholenewengineer.org. And if your faculty needs some deep faculty development, we urge you to take a look at www.3joy.com to help your faculty transform to the changing culture. So we're you know, in the last segment, guys. We were uh, and, and and we're talking to uh, Ryan Varga, director of uh, Let Me uh, Do It, a new uh, new movie about engineering education transformation, and Eddie Evans, uh, ex- external relations director at the Lausanne School of of Engineering. And in the last segment, we were talking about. Uh, some of the learning and um, this notion that uh, higher education, actually engineering education, but I think some of these lessons carry over into higher education generally needs to have more freedom and that we need, uh, we need more trust of students, trusting faculty and, and, and vice versa. What else, what else did we learn from the movie? Uh, Ryan, why don't you take uh, the the first one on this? Well, I mean, I mean, another big takeaway for me is this, the way in which it's kind of interesting that we're training and we're educating engineers to go out and to make changes in the world, in the physical world and the social world. Uh, but the, but the scenarios or the situations that we set up in order to train them to do that are actually very far removed from that actual reality. 
And one of the things that, that relates to that is this notion of the finality of, you know, failing an exam or failing a test, um, which is kind of not the way engineers actually work in the world, at least not the ones that I met. Uh, where iteration and learning from failure and having something not work and then figuring out what went wrong and applying that and constantly improving is a much more accurate representation of the way the world works rather than just having students, you know, in a isolated environment where they don't have access to any of the resources that they would have in the real world, set them up in this very artificial scenario um, where they're, again, competing against other people um, and then expect them to now expect them or, sorry, sorry expect them expect to think that that is actually going to be an effective way um, of educating future engineers. So yes, I, I heard two thing, two big things in there. One was the sense of uh, failure as final uh, versus failure as an invitation to iterate and learn the, the the way real engineering goes. And then this the second sense of. Um, engineering education as this isolated experience versus engineering in practice as this very socially rich experience where you can learn learn from others. Beautiful. So, Nnedi, what uh, what else from your perspective did we learn from the film? I think, from my perspective, as someone who isn't an engineer, um, you know, but who's living in a world, and I think we're all living in a world where. Engineers have a, have a great influence on our lives, whereby um, big issues, whether it be climate change, whether it be big data, all these issues, you know, cybersecurity, all these issues that we hear about all the time, you know, the solutions are going to come from engineers. Engineers are also CEOs of, you know, many, many big companies. Um, and, and it's, you know, one of the most common degrees of a CEO is, is, is to have an engineering degree. So these people are really going to have a big influence on our lives. And so it's really important that their education, you know, is, is the right kind of preparation for them for their future. So it's something that doesn't just matter to engineering educators and to engineers themselves. I think it matters to all of us. Yes. Um, because, you know, engineers are a big part of our life. We may not know it, but they really do contribute a lot. So I think that there is a broader picture here that, you know, it's not just about engineers. Yeah, you know, we live on a planet with over 7 billion people and the carrying capacity of the planet without technology is about 100 million of us. So about 6.9 billion or more owe their lives to the technology that engineers uh, create and sustain. So uh, you couldn't make that point any better. What do you, what do you guys hope the film will, will do from here? Is it going to show it for the first time publicly on Thursday and then you're going to screen it elsewhere? What do you want the movie to, to do? Eddie, let's uh, start with you on this. Well, you know, to be honest, um, this isn't a prescription for change. It's really yep. just throw, throwing out, um, you know, in a very compelling way, I hasten to add, but, but really getting some voices out there about, you know, what needs to change. And so we don't know what impact that will have. What we hope, I think, is this will, you know, encourage more conversations to really encourage people to think and to debate between themselves and with others as, as to what needs to change. So I think it's really, we see it as a conversation starter. Yeah, and, and I couldn't agree more. Ryan, what, what do you, as, a, as the maker, what do you hope the film does? 
Well, I think, I mean, you know, just, I mean, I totally agree. I think that, that, that that's our overall objective is to have something that starts conversation. But I think my objective and um, <clears throat> kind of what... Um, um, my objective is that people kind of re, uh, see engineers for who they are as, as real human beings and kind of connect with them on an emotional level. And um, that, that's kind of my, that was my, yeah. that was my main goal. It was to create scenarios that would afford that sort of personal connection between myself and the people that I met and kind of have the camera just dissolve into the background and let that, that common humanity that we all share really come through. Beautiful. No, and and uh, and as you were saying, you you were one of your surprises was uh, how articulate and human and and non stereotypical we engineers can be, and and of course we engineers who are like that knew that all along. But um, so sharing that with a with a broader audience uh, may, maybe can help the um, the way the reputation of the the profession as something for real human beings as opposed to. Um, uh, Dilbert-like Robotrons. Um, so, okay, there are two screening We're schedules. Uh, we've got the one this week in Toronto. I think there's another one on the, uh, and that's Thursday, October 8th. Can people still get tickets for that? Yeah, absolutely. If they, um, if they, they contact me uh, and they contact um, letmedoitmovie at gmail.com, then where there's still some tickets available and there's also if they want to contact us about screening uh, the film in other places we we'd be happy to, to make that happen we've had a couple of requests already in the last few weeks um, for people to screen it in their universities or in their institutions so we're really trying to make it available to as many people as possible great and so uh, and 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 uh Anyway, so go go check out uh, letmedoitmovie.com or uh, letmedoitmovie at gmail.com and you can find out more about these things. So let's let's transition and and one of the things that strikes me uh, that's daring about the documentary is this uh, sense of of uh, well, the the risks that were taken in 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 putting a a movie out there like this, but I think there's a sense that higher ed leaders and faculty, especially in engineering, tend to view communications as, as uh, quote, public relations or something that others do and kind of a necessary evil. But let me do it as a communications project on a grander scale than public relations. And, and let's start with you, Eddie. In what ways do you view communications as important to the transformation of higher education? I think I'd start by saying that we need to hear from academics. We need to hear from experts. Um, you know, the, the world is, is noisier than ever. You know, it's easy to have your own Twitter account. It's easy to have your own YouTube channel. And to say, what, say whatever comes to mind or contribute to debates, and that, that's a great thing. But there's also a lot of noise out there. And what we need, I think, uh, and uh, uh, President Clinton put this beautifully, I think, uh, when he gave his speech to the Democratic uh, Convention in 2012, when he said that, and he gave, a, you know, as many people credit, a very, uh, a speech really focused on explanation. And what he said is, afterwards, is eloquence is explanation. And I think that increasingly, I think that's always been the case, 
But I think increasingly, with so much noise out there on social media and in other platforms, what we need is explanation of problems. And I think really that's why we need academics Mm -hmm. and people in universities to embrace it more and actually contribute to that debate because I think we need to hear from them. And and there's this, I think that's especially this, you know, communicating like this, communicating in a subjective way, people's experiences and sharing their stories and so forth is problematic for higher ed, I think, in a special way. You know, so higher ed's concerned with, you know, we all disciplines want to be seen as more objective or as objective. And we tend to look at physics as sort of the, the highest model. Um, and the, the and there's this tendency to view the telling of stories and narrative as sort of fluffy. Um um, Ryan, let's start with you. Why, why should we be concerned with telling, you know, better storytelling, telling better stories? Well, I think, there, I mean, one thing kind of comes to mind immediately as, as, a, as a filmmaker. I mean, a lot of the films that, I'm, that, that I make are, some of them are for NGOs, and there is a, there's a goal at the end of that film. And, and I use narrative in order uh, to speak to the heart, in order to, to, to move the mind. So if you can translate that into an educational context, if you, can, if you can connect with a student, if you're a professor and you're describing some sort of random differential equation, um, and if you, can, if you can bring a student, if you can, add, if you can make that, that idea valuable, if you can make it relatable, if you can create a hook that someone can bring their, themselves, to bring them, bit of themselves into that question, into that problem, um, that's when you, um, you know, that, that's the power of storytelling. It's, yes. it's nice. Uh, no, that it's I, allowing- I couldn't agree. Yeah, I couldn't. And I couldn't agree more. It's the, the sense, um, that, uh, that you said, I thought, thought you said it very well when you said, you know, you sort of change hearts to change minds and we, in higher ed, I think we get it wrong. We think you change, you know, you make a good argument and then, and then people will actually, uh, do something do something different, but it's actually the, the other, other way around. Um, and, and I've, you know, in, in a whole new engineer, we tell a number of stories where kind of hard hearted, hard headed engineers had their minds changed because they, they witnessed student engagement. And it seems to me that the power in, in what this project is, is all about is there. We, we've, it, you know, our time's gone quickly. We've got about, um, uh, th- three minutes left. Um, and you know, it seems to me, and I think we started at the beginning, uh, Ryan, when you were talking. You were talking about culture change, and 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 it seems to me that this telling of different stories, sort of coming up with a different story, is sort of step one in the culture uh, change process. What what would you like to say about that? I I think you're you're totally right, and I think one of the things that's particularly I mean maybe you know you can say that a lot of these issues are are not just in engineering, but the one thing that's um, particular to engineers that comes across in the film is that engineers lack the uh, the the terminology they they lack the lexicon to actually tell a story, and that is their own story of their own experiences um, in their education, and I think by um, giving students that ability to really tell their own story and understand where they come from, that's going to be the foundation for them to understand how they fit into the bigger picture. 
Beautiful. So, and I think we'll, yeah, content-wise, I think we'll give you the last word there, Ryan. But, uh, Ryan, if people want to get in touch with you uh, and, and uh, find out about your other work or get you in to bring a do- make a documentary for them, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, the best thing to do would just be to check me out online. My website is ryanvarga.com. Great. And, and Eddie, uh, if, if people want to uh, find out more about the Lausanne School and the cool things that are happening in Toronto at uh, York University, uh, how should they get in touch with you? Well, they can, uh, they can check out our website, which is Lausanne, um, at yorku.ca. Um, and so, so they can go on our website, um, so just to repeat that, it's lasan.yorku.ca. So Great. they can check us out there. But also for the movie, just check out the website, letmedoitmovie.com, uh, and you can find out more about it there. Beautiful. Well, thank you both very much. Uh, I'm, I'm coming to Toronto, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the movie on, on Thursday. Um, you've been listening to Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education with Dave, Dave Goldberg, special guest to Eddie... Uh, Eddie Evans and, and Ryan Varga. Uh, check out letmedoitmovie.com. And um, uh, next week, we're going to talk about the role of accreditation and professional societies um, uh, and, and their role in, in connecting with higher education. Join us same time, same station. Thank you for tuning in to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Please join Dave Goldberg soon for another edition. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. For additional information about our programs or to find out about the next show, please visit bigbeacon.org. We'll talk again very soon.